Welcome to episode 46 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. And when I was growing up, one of the things that I always dreamed about doing was to own my own comic book store. Like when I was a kid, I it was either like I either wanted like a convenience store like outside my house so that people could drive up and pay me money to like give them junk food and shit <laughs> or <laughs> which I don't know, maybe that's the clerks in me or something like that. But the um the other thing is like when I was a little kid though, like I wanted to own my own either like like a comic book store with toys, you know, and stuff like that to sell. So um but very, I mean, once I, I started growing up and actually started collecting a lot more comics and hanging out in those comic book stores, I noticed that that was not a very easy business to run. So the ones that are still around and are successful, um, they got to be doing something right. Um, you know, either the the stuff that they're selling or the or they're you know energetic about the about the stuff that they sell. I mean. Because I've seen comic book stores come and go, like where I live. And I think there's only really one true comic book store in town, but they mostly sell like uh, sports memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to uh, I, I, wa- I wanted to work for Sega. <laughs> 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 because I was like... Well, good, I thing, was, good thing yeah, you didn't. Because <laughs> I was hardcore like Sega is better than Nintendo, you know? So like I was on the outskirts looking in. Um, everybody had Nintendo. I was I was I was the only kid in the neighborhood who had the Sega Master System and not the Nintendo. Um, oh, how funny! Yeah, yeah. So I went I, Genesis and Super, Super instead of Super, uh, um, was it Super Nintendo? Super yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were the the family that had like every system because like my brother demanded that we had every system. So. We had like I had the Nintendo, then I got the Super Nintendo, and then um, we did have pretty much all the versions of uh, of the Genesis or the Sega um, hardware. But I like, didn't get I, the, I didn't get the Sega CD or the Dreamcast though. That was when I started like switching we, to PlayStation. Well, the Sega CD went on sale for like twenty bucks at one point, and then we bought <laughs> it, and then. And it like attached like that's the thing with Sega is like you bought a system, but then like a year later they came out with something that would attach to it. So mm-hmm. like we had this like monstrosity of a of a of a Sega Genesis system. Like it had a CD attached to it. It had the 32x cartridge plugged into it. Oh right. You know which we bought that so we could play um, the Star Wars, uh, the Tie Fighter game or whatever that game was. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. Um, but it was, but yeah, that's that's too funny. So you wanted to work for Sega, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. aren't they? They're they're pretty much defunct, right? Or are they just selling games uh, now? To I think Ninte- I think Nintendo owns them now. <laughs> so uh, to add insult to injury, I think I th- I'm pretty sure. Wow. Nin- I'm pretty sure Nintendo owns them because, like, I mean, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know like you know Sonic and all the those characters are actually on. Uh, Nintendo's systems, so Go you figure. know N- Nintendo, Nintendo like really they they hung on to that cartridge longer than they should have um, before they went to CD. But yeah, I wasn't um, a, like I w- I thought the Wii was like kind of gimmicky, even though I bought one, but it was so much cheaper than the PlayStation Three. And uh, I, right. I think I played the Wii for like the I played the the Zelda game that came out with it. And that game Twilight was like, Princess? Re- yeah, that game was so sick. But then after that, yeah. there was like no other games I wanted to play. 
Um, and right, didn't help, and they of just course. they just re. Yeah. Did they just re-release the Twilight Princess for the Wii U though? Right. I'm not sure. I think it's I, like it's like H. I think it's HD. But I, um, we, the Wii was so interested in just like making it a family thing that like it, it fell into this for me anyway. It fell into the same trap of like the the regular Nintendo game the system where like there were so many shit games out for Nintendo that you had to like weed through it, and that's what I felt right. like for Wii. There were so many cheap shitty games for um for Wii that like there wasn't a lot of good games for it and it didn't help that it wasn't 1080p. Yeah, that's true. Um my favorite though the Wii in the beginning was the having the uh, Mario Tennis was like one of my favorite games right. to play. Yeah. Um but anyway, well, we're way off topic. Um but just back to comic books real quick. Um I <sighs> I I really, you know, when I was, I think, in my teenage years, I think I really started collecting comics heavily. And I had some really, some of the big issues, like with the first uh, appearance of Venom, the first appearance of uh, the Vulture, uh, first appearance of Cable. Um, I had a bunch of stuff. Um, first appearance of Carnage. And then, of course, like Todd McFarlane restarted uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. And I had that cover for a while, like the super really awesome cover with the, um, the big eyes the suit was like, yeah, the big eyes and like the silver lining and all that stuff in the suit. And, or maybe the webs were silver. I can't remember. It was like a really awesome cover. I like had it framed and all that stuff. It was a wall book. Um, so I had, I had a lot of really cool comics and I didn't read a lot of the wall books. I would just kind of like hear from people what they were about. Cause I was afraid to take them out of the, out of the package. And, Nowadays, like I don't even care. I, I still buy comic books here and there, and I just pull it out, start reading it, and then throw it back on the table or whatever. I have a lot of Star Wars comics I have to weed through right now. But um, no, I've always wanted to. I always wanted to open a comic book store, you know, for the longest time when I was a kid. And um, which leads us to to uh, tonight's episode. episode right? um, yeah, um, Ben Schwartz owns uh, a comic book store. In Sacramento, is it in downtown Sac? No, it's in, it's it in Sac. It's uh, on Fulton Avenue. Um, he owns oh, uh, Fulton. Yeah, he he owns Empire Comics Vault. And uh, so, funny story. Um, I'm the only one that's on that podcast that you'll hear after this intro. So I remember, you know, I have to Son lug all this bitch. stuff. <laughs> you live like three and a half hours away, so the only way we can do this is through the through our cell phone. And then I, you know, I merged the files together or whatever. But so I remember I got to lug all this like crap over there. And I remembered something that I didn't think I would remember, which was the little iPhone 7 adapter that comes with the new Mm -hmm. phones. And I couldn't believe I remembered that. And two minutes before I am ready to record Ben and to call you to, to do this interview, I remember I forgot the Y adapter for the second headphone set. So <laughs> I inadvertently uh, kicked BJ off of this podcast. Yeah, he sabotaged me, <laughs> sabotaged me. But at least you had a night to yourself to drink and, and watch porn. So uh, exactly, exactly. So in a way, you still yeah. want. In a in a way, you still want. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I got to listen to it like late last night and early this morning. So 
and it was pretty good. Uh, it was it was fun. So apologies. Listen. It's kind of weird. Yeah, apologies it's so weird to, to listen to the podcast when I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, this is the second time. I mean, the first time you had a legit excuse. This time I just fucking forgot something. <laughs> yeah. It was so far away. It was so late. It was late at night where I couldn't like recover from finding like buying that piece and then buying a headset. So unfortunately no it was just it was just easier to do it just go ahead and do it but yeah i mean it, he, he was it was really great it, it really felt like a conversation because you know instead of doing it over the phone like we always do you know we're sitting yeah. right in front of each other and we got to do it right in his comic book store which is a really big comic book store he he holds all these events at the store like movie nights comedy nights all these great things that he does at the store um so it's not That's just awesome. a comic book store he's really heavily uh, into doing a lot of the community stuff in there. So it, it makes it a, very unique to, to other comic book stores. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of the, the thing we were just talking about is like, it, that makes them successful, you know, to be doing those fun things, uh, to keep, you know, doing fun things with the, with the community, um, not only helps, you know, the community come together and all that stuff, but also helps his business out. So that's, that's a really, that's win-win. It's, uh, that's a good thing. And he's got, I mean, he's got his own podcast and all kinds of things. So that was really cool of him to take some time out and, and talk to us. Like originally he was supposed to talk to us back, uh, at the intergalactic expo three or four months ago and, uh, didn't get a chance. I think he was sick or something like that. So it was kind of cool to, that this all came together. Uh, yeah, minus got, me, but at least, yeah, we got, a, yeah, we, we ended up getting a little bit more of his time. I think if, if we had had him in the expo, we probably only got like 20, 30 minutes tops. Um, in this sense, we, I think the podcast runs a little bit over an hour. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, it, it, you know, he, he's just like us. We could, we could probably just sit down and talk comic books, movies, anything, TV shows. I think before we even started, before I even pulled out any of the equipment, uh, to set up, we were already talking about, um, like Joss Whedon, um, because he had he had a, he had a show on. Um, oh, yeah, what's right the name on. of the show with uh, Eliza Dushku? Was in it, and it was like only two seasons. Um, Dollhouse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was playing on on because he has a big screen TV and a couch area that you oh, can sit down and watch so cool. stuff. So we ended up talking about like Joss Whedon, but yeah, and that wasn't even part of the podcast. So I think next time, I think next time I'm down in Sack, I'll have to stop by there. Yeah, that's super. That's super cool. Right on. Well, without uh, further ado, this is episode 46 uh, with Ben Schwartz of Empire Comics Vault in Sacramento on Fulton Avenue. Enjoy. Episode 46 of Chew on This and Nerds United Podcast. And uh, this is Vic. Um, BJ has the night off, and we'll let you know why that is, or you already heard why that is. Um, but we're, I'm sitting here with uh, uh, Ben Schwartz of Empire Comics, 
here in what town are we in? We are in Sacramento, California. Oh, it's it is in Sac. It is Sac. Yes. Okay. Um, so let's do a little. Uh, I'll give you like a free advertising. We don't we don't make any money, so we plug as many people as we can. So, what do you want to plug besides your comic book store? Or uh, give give the address of your comic book store, your Facebook. Go go crazy. All right, all right. Let's let's do it. So it's at eleven twenty Fulton Avenue, Sacramento, California. It's Empire's Comics Vault. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Periscope. We have a weekly video where we review comic books. We've got a podcast out there. Um, just a little bit of everything. Uh, so yeah, just look up Empire's Comics. I think that podcast is called Cracking the Vault too. It is, yes, very good. Well, I saw some of your, I uh, saw some of the people there when when we were actually supposed to interview you at the at the SAC Expo, uh, the Inter- Intergalactic Expo. You got sick that day, and, and your podcasting friends were there. Yes, um, we interviewed uh, Cody there, and he let us know that you were you were not feeling well. So Cody's a lot of fun. Yeah, he that was a great. It was it was fun. We I felt like we could have talked to him for like hours uh, that day. Um, because he's into the same stuff, like it just—it was like it just a rant about, you know, things, you know, everything. And um, he is genuinely into it too. You know, you see, always see the personalities on TV, and you wonder. Yeah. But yeah, he loves his Star Trek, his Star Wars. I mean, just comic books, everything. You, are are you are you on his uh, on his show on, on Good Day? You do movie reviews. We, I think? we do anytime there's something geek related. Uh, we I go down there. So like the, the Star Trek movie, any of the comic book movies, uh, television shows. We he, I go down and we talk for five ten minutes and, and review things. And then whenever we have big events, Good Day is really good to us. They are always not only down here for the event, but we go down to the studio and and we're able to showcase it that morning too. Cool. How how do we get on that? <laughs> <laughs> just just keep sending Twitter messages to Cody. Just keep Twitter. Yeah, just Twitter keep, stalk keep him. sending them. Uh, you know, make them obscene. Get noticed. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do something for uh, we're trying to do something for Rogue One. I'm not sure exactly what we're doing yet, but we're trying to do something for Rogue One. We we gave away tickets for um, an IMAX showing for uh, for Ghostbusters um, when we did the re- review with John and. Um, so we're thinking about doing something for Rogue One. We don't know, but our first episode was was The Force Awakens. So we figured, kind of like a one year anniversary, we'll try to do something for Rogue One. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually more excited about Rogue One than I am about Episode Eight. Oh, really? Yeah, and, it's you know I, it's, I loved Episode Seven. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you know you know back to what it should be. But Rogue One is giving us a glimpse into the universe that we have not gotten to see yeah. outside of the comics and the books because it's finally a story not based around Jedi. <laughs> uh, it's it's just people doing their part in the rebellion. I think that's great. Right. I, I I we were me and BJ were actually at uh, Celebration Seven, mm-hmm. and they were they had a panel for for Rogue One, and it got us so psyched. I got goosebumps. I kind of still get goosebumps sometimes thinking about it because they had described what they were going for. Like they were actually going to bring the war into Star Wars because you technically never really saw it. You saw a little bit of it in like you know. Revenge of the Sith, but it really wasn't a really a full blown war. You know, you had to watch the cartoons, the Clone Wars, to see the devastation see the, of the, the war. Impact that this right, is, you know, and happening. and so when they were describing it to us, they were talking, and I'm not, and I'm, I can't remember the exact names or the the exact movies, but on the realm of the tone that they were going for, they said they got either like the director of photography or somebody from the movies like Saving Private Ryan or Black Hawk Down. Like those war movies, and I probably name dropped the wrong movies, but I remember them being big, dark, like gritty, real life war movies. And those were the people that they got to bring on to Rogue One. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, 
it's not going to be rated R because it's Disney. But I was like, this it's got to be PG thirteen. You would think so, but then you remember when they showed the first trailer? They went back afterwards, yeah, and there apparently. were kind of rewrites. Yeah, there's and, apparently something. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on on the internet, which I don't know what is true, but they said that. Gareth Edwards was filming stuff before the script was even done. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's not really Gareth Edwards' fault, but, okay. you know. I, I'm hoping. I just have a I, – I'm, I'm hopefully optimistic, but given that they make so much money off of Star Wars, I, I'm afraid that they're going to make it much more kid-friendly than you just described. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's what we got, and then all of a sudden the rumors coming out that you're talking about about the rewrites – that they said Gareth Edwards went too dark. And I was like, but you can't sell a war movie and tell me it's too dark. Not only that, but Empire was extremely dark. And I was, what, I was like eight when I saw it? Uh-huh. And, you know, it, I don't know. I think there's a happy medium that they could have met. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping yeah. that they did meet it. Because, I, like I said, I'm super excited about Rogue One. I, I just think, like, if you're going to go, leave the PG, PG-13 stuff to the Skywalker story. Like, the number, the numerical yeah. versions of it. But if you're going to go out into a realm where it doesn't have to do with the Skywalkers, and yes, we know Darth Vader's in it, do something different. Like, yeah. set it differently. I mean, it's already called a Star Wars story, which I still like Star Wars anthology better. But it's called a Star Wars story. It's different. I mean, we, me and BJ have talked a long time ago, or, or we continue to talk about the, the two things we would love for Disney to do or Lucasfilm to do is to tell Obi-Wan's story for the 20 years they were sitting there you know, basically watching over Luke. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about it. And the reason why that's also important, as we've said before, is that Ewan McGregor is that proper age to do that. those films. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he can continue. He's the only actor that you don't have to recast. <laughs> that's right? very true. It really is. So, and then the other st- stories that we wanted to see, we wanted to see all the way back to the Old Republic, like when Sith and Jedi were, like, just walking down the street at the same time. Like, yeah, that would be the ideal. If I had to pick one era, it's it's Old Republic, but they, it looks like they're shying away from even announcing or even touching on that. I don't so know, yeah. we'll see. I'd love I, to see it though. So I would too, because you would. Now this is a world where Jedi and and Sith are prominent, mm-hmm. and you don't have to adhere to anything, you know, because everything that happens now in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. still interweaves with the Skywalker story, right? Like even Rogue One. Yeah. The rumor is is that it basically leads right up to Princess Leia getting the de- the Death Star plans, right? Yeah. But you have to recast Carrie Fisher, so you're probably going to see that Princess Leia from behind, right? So you can't show it really happening. You can kind of fake it or maybe CG it. Mm-hmm. But with the Old Republic, you don't have to do – you can do whatever you want because it will be thousands of years ago. You know, you don't have to talk about the Chosen One. You don't have to talk about the Skywalkers. Yoda doesn't even have to be in it. Mm-hmm. All new characters, all new stories, and they can start from scratch. Like, it, yeah, it I mean, it gives them thing. a lot of leeway when they're telling stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's just I think they're afraid to branch that far out at the moment because they just like as much as I enjoyed Episode Seven, uh, you know, they they obviously want to stick as close to home as possible. Yeah, and and so I think that might be too much of a gamble for them. Although I don't honestly think they could put out anything that would not make them a mint if it has a Star Wars way. <laughs> True. Well, if if they somehow told bad stories like in the prequels, they might start still losing make people. a mint for them. They would. I mean, but now you're now you're now you're getting into like the Michael Bay area where they make a shit ton of money, but nobody respects the films. But they keep going to see it. I, I don't. I talked to a guy in here in the store, and this is the kind of mentality I don't get. So everyone listening, you're gonna have to explain this to me because it seems idiotic. <laughs> 
he comes in and he goes, I just got done seeing the new Michael Bay movie. He's like, oh, my God, it was horrible. Why do they keep giving him movies? Because you just went to see the movie. Was that 13 hours? Uh, I don't know what it was. I, 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 I'm not sure. But I just it, – it, please, people, stop giving Michael Bay I know. That's the, that's the thing I don't understand is, is, is like, I, I complain about the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I complain, but I won't pay money to go see it. See, like, I refuse to. There, here's, here's a different mentality. Speaking of Star Wars, since we're talking about the past, you know, yeah, back yeah. to Empire, the new stuff – Back when I was younger, movies were something special. A movie would stay in the theater all summer, and there weren't, there wasn't much competing against it. There weren't that many out right. there. But now people are willing to drop twenty bucks to just waste two hours and go see a movie. So it doesn't have to be good. And I, and that's the mentality I think I don't get. I, I don't have that mentality because for me twenty dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things you can. I mean, when you when you that. fund your own podcast, <laughs> yeah. That, when you I fund your own understand. stuff. And you're like, well, I could use $20 to put gas in my car to go see a comic a convention or waste $20 on a movie that I know will suck. Or more importantly, your time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you, I don't have three hours to just I mean, I, I got kids. Thing. I got to get a babysitter. You know, like I got to get all these things that I know like will cost me money and time. And all this logistical stuff that I got to figure out, and even if I didn't, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't give Michael Bay twenty dollars. No, but his movies make a ton of money. They're starting. They're somehow starting to dwindle down a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're still making a lot of move, money overseas because our special effects in America are light years ahead right, in, so in other areas. They're eating it up. Yeah, I mean, like China's the second biggest market right now, and they're really huge. And Star Wars didn't do very well over there. Uh, really? Yeah, the Fast and Furious 7 movie still made more money than, than Star Wars did. All right, okay. Because they didn't know about, they don't know about Star Wars over there, really. Star Wars is still very small in China. And it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't allowed to be released over there. Uh, I forget the date, but they don't have that background into it, so they have no idea what Star Wars is. Okay, so, all right, well then, as long as he continues to make it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I mean, I'm not giving him his money, so so I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not that person that, and complain and say, you know, why you keep making these movies? Because that's not, it's not me. That's that's very true. That's true. We'll, we'll complain about the like the the new Star Trek movies. Oh, you don't like <laughs> the new Star Trek movies? You know, I loved the first one. Okay, I thought it was great. They opened up with that first ten minutes where they they flipped it on you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can dig that. that that's amazing. The second movie was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I wouldn't go that far because we just talked about Michael Bay. But. All, right, all right, fair enough. All right, fair enough. <laughs> One of the worst movies that I was excited about. Okay, seeing. okay, just, okay. I mean, A, redoing one of the – even outside of Star Trek, Wrath of Khan is one of the best science fiction movies that's right. been made. Yeah. Redoing that uh, – and it's just – if you watch it again, yeah. I had just watched the first one before I went into the second one. If you ever watch them back-to-back, pay attention to every major plot point from the opening sequence to the end. He literally – the same exact movie hmm. with them even the, the opening things with the chasings to them racing back to earth every single piece of each movie is the same so he literally just wrote a new character into it go watch it next time you watch it pay attention to that you're talking about the third movie right no no the, no. the first and the second the first and the second okay did you like the third movie i haven't seen it oh really i liked uh, okay so I'm with you. I don't think it's as bad as you're saying it is. The second movie, I, okay. I did not enjoy it, but I, I loved the first movie, and here's why I loved the first movie. 
and our listeners are probably tired of hearing it, but the reason <laughs> why I loved the the remake of Star Trek, yeah. the first one, is because JJ made Star Trek into Star Wars. Yes, most definitely. Like he yeah. took he took what he loves about Star Wars and put it into Star Trek, mm-hmm. which pissed off a lot of Star Trek fans. Oh yeah. Um, so I can I can see why they were pissed, but for me it was great because I was like, oh my god, this is a Star Wars movie, you know? Okay. It's got Captain Kirk in it, no lightsabers, but it's got Captain Kirk in it. Um, I didn't like the second movie because I really I'm not a big Star Trek fan, yeah, but I I do love Wrath of Khan, like I think it's it's a great movie and any movie where they kill a major character off, it's not like nowadays, right? Where like you're in the realm of like Walking Dead, or or um. Or uh, Game of Thrones, where they just kill you know main characters left and right. Yeah. Because back in the day, you didn't kill main characters. No, that was something special. Yeah. Especially a character like that, you know, from for, who's so beloved. Yes. To a fan yeah. base. I mean, they brought him back in the next movie, but still, at that yeah, point, yeah, but they in time, thought he was dead. Yeah, they, exactly. They right, right. Because there was no internet back then, so you didn't know. Yeah. But so I didn't like I did I everything I loved about the first movie, beside minus the Star Wars stuff in it, that. I loved how they flipped everything, right? Like the, the roles were different. Everything was different and they flipped things. You got to see things that you only heard about in the second movie. I felt like they were trying to chase after the same type of flipping the thing over. Like you could kind of foresee on the nose. Yeah, exactly. When they flipped the whole thing over with, with it was Spock that didn't die. It was Kirk that was going to die. And they got even like the furbles in there somehow. Is it the furbles or triples triples? Right. They put those in there. I was like, all right, this is like too much. Like this is, this is one giant Easter egg movie. Yes, very much so. So I that, I didn't like it, but I really did like this third one. See, and I hear in the here, even from Star Trek fans, I hear that the third one is worth watching. Yeah. Which blows my mind because of the director and the previews. Yes, exactly. Because I was, I was nervous about that third movie. I was really nervous. I was like, Justin Lin, the guy from Fast and Furious. I was like, oh, man, this is crap. And then they released the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God, this looks like a Fast and Furious movie, just with Star Trek people in it. But then what you what you kind of knew but you didn't give enough credit to, like like what I did, mm-hmm. was that it was Simon Pegg who was co-writing this movie. And he's a huge, huge Star Trek person. He's a huge Star, Trek, Star Wars. He's like, he's just one of us. I may have to give it a shot. I may. It's worth it. All right. It, it's All worth right. it. Because what I loved about Star Trek was they still had the Star Wars essence of the first Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. like the action and the comedy and all that stuff. Yeah. But they put science back into it. Okay. Which is what was kind of lacking in the first two movies. There wasn't really that science fiction part of it. Like, that was always the distinguishing difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, right? Like, Star Wars is a fantasy. Star Trek was more science fiction yeah, without the action. Yeah, it didn't. It was more about the, the ideas yes, behind it. Right. And, 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 it's a, and I, I do like that idea. Star Trek, the third one beyond, gets that part, part of it. So, okay. So if you if you if you get it, it's a good blend of the the action, with the comedy, with the science. So definitely give it a shot. And and I do understand that I I'm because I'm a big Star Trek fan. I do understand that there was no way what I want was gonna fly in a movie. Like <laughs> now today's audience was not gonna do that. No. So I I appreciate that they captured a new audience, people who probably had never even seen right. you know the old shows. Um, I just don't have to like it. <laughs> well, the, you know what's, what was mind-boggling to me? It was like how much money like a movie like Suicide Squad is making. And Star Trek Beyond was such a far superior film. And did, it, did it not make as much as Suicide Squad? No, no, not even close. Okay. And it was disappointing because I think, I think it, was the, it was the second movie that kind of ruined it for Star Trek. 
So I, I'm hoping that like the Blu-ray release of that movie and people will watch the movie like yourself will watch it when it when it comes out. Mm-hmm. That will be like, all right, this is a good Star Trek movie, and we'll go to the theater and get these continuously made. Um, because it, it is it for me, it was the first Star Trek. Then this movie is really good. And yeah, the cast seems to really love doing them. Yeah. So they, I don't think they're going anywhere. What's great about the third movie also is that everybody gets a good role, mm-hmm. plays their part in the movie. Nobody is like really forgotten about in the movie. In the second movie, it was basically just Kirk and Spock the whole time. Yes, um, very much so. Um, the first one, kind of, but like there was other characters like uh, Chekhov nice didn't really get a lot to, to do. The whole thing. Bo- and the Bones, the guy who plays Bones. Is oh, really spot on. Keith Urban, yeah. yeah he's one on. of those guys who, who, no matter what I see him in, he's like a, he like morphs into the yeah. role. Because do, I don't always recognize him. Did you see Dread? Yes, yeah. Oh, he was amazing. In yeah, Dread. good one. He was absolutely fantastic. That to me reminded me of that uh, that Asian film. Yeah, the Tower. Or yeah, it is, so it was, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, it was. It literally was a Dread version. Yeah. But he was so good. Yeah, he was in that role. Really I mean, good he, in it. He's even gone on record saying, "Hey, let's do a Netflix show." He's like, "I, I'm, I know I'm a movie actor." He's yeah. like, "But I'll do it if you guys can make this happen." Yeah, it, it feels like if if nobody will do it, and you put it on Netflix, it instantly becomes awesome. Yeah, Netflix is God. I love them so much better than like cable. Like yeah, everything yeah. they put on, seem not everything, but there's so much that yeah. they put on that I just love. And more importantly, I don't like watching, waiting a week for everything anymore. <laughs> I like to binge. And so yeah. when it comes, like Luke Cage comes on next Friday, yep. I'm gonna sit there and watch all night long. Well, there's there's like this there's like this like double edged sword right with with Netflix because like I've been I watched I watched Daredevil and Jessica Jones in a weekend, right? And now I gotta uh, wait like another year. Yeah, I wait another fifty. I gotta wait another fifty-one weeks. The wonderful thing about Netflix is, though, there's still plenty of stuff to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't get like. So I was thinking like they should like, like they should stagger the stuff right because mm-hmm. they got four characters now right. Yeah, they should do Daredevil like in a three-month increment. Then they should do like Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, and then the beginning of the year you get like the Defenders. Yeah. That would be but great. that's not how they're doing it. It's like almost every year we have to wait for it, which kind of blows. Yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping they would do something like that, yeah. just so that we. I mean, you know, every quarter is great. I don't have to wait that long at all. Exactly. I would be I'd be perfectly fine. With yeah, that. especially in the summertime when there's really not much too much to watch. So speaking of like the the comic book stuff, how how was your what was your take on the? Uh, well, let's go to Dare, let's go to Netflix. Did you like uh, both seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones? I did. I think uh, both seasons of Daredevil were solid. The first one I liked more than the second one, aside from Punisher. Punisher, for me, stole the yes. second season. Yeah. He was great. I wasn't a huge fan of what they did with Elektra, no. but it is, I, I'm more than open to seeing it as a new, you know, a new world. When, when, anytime you move from one medium to another, I'm open to change. Yeah. You know, just to, to accommodate whatever they need. So I love the fact that, that this Netflix version is the dark and gritty, and then we get the, the the fun for the whole family on the big screen. Right. So so yeah, I loved Daredevil. I liked them both. I'm looking forward to what they do next. Alias. I'm sorry, Jessica Jones. Uh, her book was called Alias. Yeah, so I, I yeah. keep forgetting. I keep calling it that. Jessica Jones, though, I, I think it probably blew people's minds who weren't familiar with comic books because most of what we see in comic books, even the movies and Daredevil, it's a lot of you know by the book. You know, he gets his powers. He, he fights the kingpin. Jessica Jones showed a really dark and really different version of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. David Tennant. Oh, my God, that man. I love I, his I love David Tennant, 
and because of he's my favorite doctor. Oh yeah, he, by far he's my favorite doctor. And um, sometimes if I get into talking about Doctor Who and his last episode, I get emotional when he has to say goodbye to Rose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I was a little disappointed in David Tennant in that in that really? show. Yeah, because because at the beginning, he, like the way that the trailers portrayed him was like this dark, mysterious person, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they they flipped the switch where he's actually not that much in control. He's like really psychologically like fucked up, mm-hmm. and like he and the, his essence is really just like a whiny ten year old boy with this amazing power. And if like you don't, he doesn't like what happens. Instead of having a temper tantrum in the corner, he'll make you kill yourself. You know, like yeah. so. In the one sense, it's cool, but the way that they kind of like flip that switch where he was no longer this like overarching like dark character and yeah. boiled him down to like almost like like I said, a ten year old boy. It was it was a little weird for me because I I thought of him like up here. Yeah, and maybe it's my own personal belief. Before I saw the show, go yeah, going in. Uh... Yeah, yeah. See, see, I I enjoyed that side of it just because the, I I don't know that they were trying to make him sympathetic because even when I got to see him as a kid, I still knew what he grew up to be. Right. And so there was there was really no sympathy there. But given there was a line he has in there when he's yelling at her about, do you even know? how hard this is anything i say can be can be you know taken out of context right. something to that effect right. so as a kid who who's going into the world uh, and and having that kind of power i don't know what i would be like either i right. mean if i want something i just take it right right so i don't i don't know that he ever had to necessarily grow up right exactly because you don't know when you as a kid you're like i mean i say shit all the time mm-hmm. Like even as an adult, and you, and if I spurt something out like, "Oh, you piece of shit who cut me off in the left lane, go yeah. fuck yourself," and then all of a sudden that person actually goes and fucks himself. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. You so you, you don't even think about it. Yeah, and growing up and not never having to worry about anything. Yeah, I mean, my God, I, I would like to think that I would be a better person than him, but I don't. It would I, be I rough, would man. like to think. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would think. I would like to think so too, but. Sometimes standing in the express lane and somebody has like twelve items and you're in the ten item checkout. I don't know if I would be that good of a person. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Now, so, so I did. I did like him. Yeah. I did really like him in that. But I, I am also extremely biased towards David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. I there's that man. Just I, like you mentioned, Doctor Who. He'll on a on a dime. He'll flip from comedy to drama. He'll make you want to you know you'll, you want to cry the next moment. Oh, he did is you? So good. Did you watch Broadchurch? I did. That show is really depressing. It's, it's so good, though. Super depressing. So good. It's great. It's good, but my God, it, it just it the things that happen to that small town, and it just and it, you, you get to they take so much time letting you get to know the residents and the, the people who are affected. Yeah. That God, you really got to be in the right spot to watch some. When of those you, episodes. Well, but when you find out what actually happened. Yeah, I, we won't run it for you guys because you yeah, need to watch it. Yeah, it's so good. He's he's amazing in that show too. Is there a third season? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, I know it's not on Netflix. I know that. Okay, um, but whenever it does come out, if it does come out, I'd watch it. He's actually doing. He does an American version of it. I forget what it's called though. It's actually Tennant. It, it's David Tennant playing so he the, does the same American and the British. Yeah, <laughs> he does the same character. It's a, it's a different woman. And does he have an American accent? You know what? I've never watched it because I already watched you already the original. Watched yeah. So why? yeah, but apparently, like, but apparently, it's different. The the, end, the twist is different. Okay. Than how they had to have it. Different. I don't know if I want to go through that again. I'll wait for. Yeah, I know. It's. Uh, I like everybody in the first. Yeah. In, in the original. So. And I'm just going to compare it to that. 
right, so right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stick with the, the British version. <laughs> um, so speaking of like all this Marvel, like when so we're we're doing this podcast right in, in your comic book store, which is kind of cool. Actually, it's really cool doing this kind of podcast in this atmosphere. What I noticed when I first walked in was that you have a lot of DC stuff like right front and center, and your Marvel stuff is kind of hidden in the in the in the corner over here. Are you more of a DC person? No, you know, as a kid, I was almost ninety. I probably ninety nine percent Marvel. Really? I, I it was yeah. I would gravitate towards anything with the Marvel. Logo you would on. not know that walking into the store. The <laughs> only reason the DC stuff is so prominent is that DC allows me uh, the opportunity to order the, the quantity I want. Uh, Marvel forces me to buy large boxes where they stuff it with 12 figures I don't want and only one of the regular. Plus, they give it to places like Toys R Us and Walmart first, which means gotcha. everyone has what they want. So I've just simply stopped ordering Marvel toys. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, DC's much kinder in that regard yeah. to the local retailer than Marvel is. Okay. So, so that no, that is it. My, my heart is at, is at Marvel Comics. Okay, because I okay, so that that debunks the entire conversation I wanted to have with you about movies right now. Because so my no, you can still have it because even though my heart, especially growing up, was with Marvel. Oh, as the years have gone by, I've more followed writers and artists than I have particular characters, which means my my reading spectrum at DC has, is is pretty broad, and I love the characters there too. Because for me, growing up, I wasn't. I didn't grow up reading the comic books first. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching like, um, um, what is that? Justice League one. That That's Super Friends. Super, oh, Friends. Super Friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. I grew up yeah. watching that first, and then when I got older, it was okay. I'll read the comic books. Like one of the major comic books that I remember growing up um, <laughs> was uh, was. Uh, Sorry, I got my dogs on my lap. <laughs> no, no, no. I I was laughing at. What was going on outside your store? No, I said settle, so I don't want the th- listeners to think. Oh, I'm oh. telling you to settle down, buddy. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, we'll be surprised if anybody actually complains about this on the podcast. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, tell that guy to settle down. Yeah. Stop what he's doing. Um, so I grew up like that. I grew up watching cartoons, and then I got into to reading comic books. But the one of the comic books that I remember reading growing up um, – that was really messed me up was because uh, I couldn't believe I was watching this, reading this in a panel or a, a comic book was when Magneto took the adamantium out of Wolverine's body. Yeah. And like, as he was doing it or right before the panel happens and professor X is like, cause he's reading Magneto's mind. I don't, you probably remember this more than I do, but I remember vividly reading the panel where professor X says no Magneto or no uh, Eric, don't do it. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he started doing it. I was like, oh, my God, it never occurred to me that he could have done this this whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time he could have done this. And he just picks now to do it. And it was like, it just really messed me up because, like, growing up, you're <laughs> like, Wolverine is this badass, you know? And all of a sudden, he's just relegated to, like, nothing. Like, relegated to this normal person that just has bone claws. And you, that's when you first find out that he has bone claws, I think, right? No, actually, they, they, uh, they addressed that earlier. Okay. They had they'd mentioned it because they'd grafted him. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, no. Then he then he was with him. In fact, uh, Wolverine is officially dead. And well, dead yeah. Now he's while, dead, but which is great. I, I'm so only because sorry to cut you off. Only because I love him. It's a great character. 
I've seen enough of Wolverine to last last me my entire yeah. life. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the movies and everything have a lot to do with like making Wolverine front and center uh, they, on a they lot most of things. Definitely do. Like uh, I remember, uh, what was your take on Days of Future's Past? Because they altered that to have Wolverine in it. You know, I that that was the last X Men movie for me. I, I my wife, in fact, won't let me watch anymore. Really? Because I've I don't enjoy them. I literally since the first one, I have not enjoyed a Fox. X-Men movie. Because they alter it so much or the timeline and, or... You know, and I, I'm fully aware that, that this, this is me being a big baby. The, the, the yeah. X-Men were, were one, one as a kid, one of my absolute favorites. And so I think I'm just too close to the subject matter. And Kitty Pride is probably my top in the top three of my X-Men. So the fact that they, they had to put Wolverine in a story that should have showcased her... And they did it in such a bad way where all of a sudden her phasing powers can transport you through time. Right. Um, I, I just, I, I was not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Although, and, and after saying all that, I will say one thing. Hugh Jackman is probably the best person they could have picked to play Wolverine, despite his stature. Do you actually know how he uh, got that role? No, I don't. So um, he actually was not picked for Wolverine. It was uh, Doug Ray Scott. Um, Doug Ray Scott was the villain in Mission Possible 2. I don't remember if you know that movie. He was also in um, some, like, Disney princess live-action movie, like Ella Enchanted or something weird. I forget the name of it. But um, so anyway, so Mission Impossible 2 went over production, went over went over schedule. Yeah. And he couldn't do X-Men. Oh, wow, okay. And Hugh Jackman was then brought in to do it. So basically... From that movie, their careers have taken completely different turns. Completely okay. different turns. That, that, yeah, I'm actually extremely glad that it worked out that way because Hugh Jackman, he just owns that role and he seems to love it. So I got to yeah. respect that. I, 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 I love the fact that he loves it, but I can't stand him promoting each movie. Why? What does he do? Because every movie he says, he says these words, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but around the same words as... This is the Wolverine movie that fans have been waiting for, and he okay, said that time. so many times. He every said that, time, yeah, he said that so many times. And I don't know if you saw um, what was that, the X Men, um, X Men uh, Origins Wolverine. Did you see that one? No, I haven't seen that. Don't don't see it. It's really that bad. Okay. It's fucking awful. As, and you like the X Men movies, and you're saying that. I like the first two. The okay. third one can go spit. Um, X Men Origins can. What? Hopefully, it never got made. Um, the Wolverine wasn't that bad. That was when he goes to Japan. wasn't that bad. Um, and then of course they're doing um the Wolverine movie now. His final Wolverine movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be it, right? Like yeah, for him that. anyway. Okay. It's supposed to be it for him. But what's weird about that one is that um, it's supposed to be his um, I can't I can't think of the name right now. But uh, uh, Old Man Logan. It's supposed to be something with that. And I was like, no, it can't be. And it's it's basically going to be like by title alone because the actual old man Logan story they just can't do no because they don't own the rights to a single character in there besides no, Wolverine <laughs> exactly like the whole I, I've I've read that comic and like I was like no like when he when they said old man Logan I was like if any fan actually sits down and thinks about this logistically it's not going to be that story it won't even be close to that story. And because, like, I don't have any faith in Fox, mm -hmm. because, like, when, when they told me, when, when Civil War was coming out and they said they were going to do Civil War, I was like, wait a minute. At this point in time, you don't have Spider-Man. 
Yeah. You know, you don't have any of these characters. You don't have you don't have Fantastic Four mm-hmm. because Reed Richards plays a huge giant role in it. You know, um, you don't have any of these major characters or players in this thing. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, are you going to bring Daredevil in it because he's in it? Punisher's in it. Like, are you going to bring all these people in it? I was like, how are they going to do it? But because Marvel Marvel Studios had done such a good job, I gave them the the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, most definitely. So, but when 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 Wolverine or Hugh Jackman said they were going to do Old Man Logan, I was like. I don't know what you're gonna you're gonna fuck something up. You're gonna screw <laughs> something up. Like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, it's because it, Old Man Logan is so far into the future, like, and it's a really fucked up story. What happens to him? I was like, you can't. I'm like, yeah, you can show his downfall of like why it happened, but you can't show the catalyst of why he started going on this path. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I don't know if it's true. There was all the talk though that uh, they were gonna because of the success of Deadpool make it an R movie. Yeah, but they like okay, so they don't have the rights to Hawkeye. It, it, I see. I I I don't put it past Fox to do this movie, even though they can't do it properly. You because you, you put Deadpool in Hawkeye's place, and then you use a bunch of X Men villains. I guess, and they could do it. It's going to be horrible, <laughs> but I, I do not put it past them for the exact reason you said. Yeah, you I, just don't trust them. I, yeah, because they're it's their like they don't have a great history with Wolverine movies. I mean, the Wolverine was the best one so far, and out of the two that they did, but the first one's so god awful that if the second one, like if the first one was any good, the second one you would say sucked. But because the first one was so god awful, the second one was watchable. The first one was the one that had Deadpool in it, right? Yeah, the first okay. iteration of Deadpool. <laughs> if you even want to call it Deadpool, like he was probably the best part of that entire movie, and he's in it for like thirty seconds. Okay, that, that's sad. Yeah, that's don't sad. watch it. Don't okay. watch it. Nope, nope I'm not. You, you probably, honestly, you probably can get away with not even watching the Wolverine. I, I think I'm going to have to. I think I, I, I need less stress in my life. So the Fox <laughs> movies are done. Yeah, I mean they're they're always going to like. I, I liked Days of Future's Past. I didn't like the fact that they brought Wolverine in again. But I like that young cast. Like I love um, the guy that the new guy that they got playing uh, Magneto. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the guy, the kid that they, or the guy that they got playing um, um, James McAvoy for uh, Professor X. Like those yes. are good quality actors. So they do really well. Uh, X Men First Class was pretty good, mainly because of the cast and the directing. Um, and Days of Future's Past was pretty good too. Um, I know you said you didn't like that, right? Yeah, yeah, but I told you to. I'm a, I'm extremely biased. No, I can, I can understand that. There's a, there's people like who read the Harry Potter books who can't stand some of the movies, and I'm like, wait a minute. If, if you ever want to know how to adapt a novel to a movie, these eight movies are exactly how you do it. You, you trim the fat. You have to. Yeah. I mean, you, you absolutely have to. There's a lot of Harry Potter or fans who don't like it, huh? Well, not a lot, but there's a handful. Like, I wish like they did this instead. I'm like, like told this like side story about Hermione and and the the, the house elves. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard that before. And I'm like, but it's called Harry Potter and the such and such. Like, it doesn't really bring anything to the story. Yes, as a fan, I would love to see, you know, all these things, but it doesn't make a great story. You yeah, know, it yeah. makes a good book, but not a great story. No, they've got or two maybe, hour, two two and a half hours. They right, need to tops. get to it. Tell it, get out. I'm surprised they actually told so much in the last Harry Potter movie that they actually split it into two because in the book I was like, wait, they're going to cut it into two parts, so I'm actually going to see them sitting in the tent for like months on end. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, oh, why would they film that? I mean, but they somehow made it work. Okay, all right. Did you not finish them or uh, no? No, I, I watched them. Oh. I watched them. I just never read the books. Oh, I so. read the books. Books are great. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance, um, they don't read like children's books. 
No, that's what I've heard. Yeah, that's it's the most surprising part about it is that they don't read like children's books. Yeah, the fan base is, I mean, it's pretty wide. Yeah. It's got everything from kids to adults, so it's got to be something there. So you like? Did you like? Did you like Civil War? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. What was your take on um, them changing it, altering what they, with what they had? Like I mentioned earlier, I don't really have a problem with them changing stories or characters just because it's a completely different medium. I think even though I had fun with this movie, it was uh, the the basis for the Civil War was pretty thin, uh, in my opinion. And I think that the villain and his plot were really weak because the entire thing was based on a bunch of coincidences. And if things didn't happen... like. The, the end result of Iron Man being in, in the, the place with them, he didn't orchestrate that. He went and talked to Falcon. If Iron Man hadn't gone to the prison and talked to Falcon, the whole plan would have fallen apart. Actually, he, he did set it up, and here's how. Okay, go for that it. Part, that part. Okay, I'll, go for it. I, I just watched it recently on the 3D Blu-ray. He sets it up by purposely calling for breakfast in the morning and leaving the dead, psychi- the dead psychiatrist mm-hmm. in the bathtub, purposely letting it be found that, to- okay. that he knew Tony Stark would find it. Okay, but how does that connect to Falcon? Oh, when he went to go talk to yeah. him? Because he because at this point in time, I guess he was, and I'm doing exactly how, you know, I think I'm doing exactly how people uh, defend Batman v Superman. <laughs> but, okay, like, so it's ba- there. Based, on, based, based on the movie, there's, because I couldn't understand why the fuck he would order breakfast. Yeah. I was like, why would you order breakfast if you know you're not going to be there and you know you're going to get caught? Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, it must be because he thinks that, Tony Stark will find out and try to track him down. And that's where he would go. And again, this is okay. based on the movie, right, like based right. on what I saw in the movie. Why he goes to talk to Falcon is probably because he wants to track down that guy and he knows Captain America is going after him. I'll, I'll pay attention to that one the next time I put it on. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that was the one thing like I was watching when I watched it in the theater. I was like, wait, why? The, why? Again, why would you order breakfast? Yeah. You've done this huge, intricate like plot, right? And all of a sudden, you're just going to get snagged by ordering breakfast? Like, it didn't make sense to me. And then, that to me, that answered your question of, like, well, how did he know Tony would show up, too? Yes, it's still a coincidence. I will give you that it's a complete coincidence that they show up at the same time. Because what if Captain America shows up, like, four hours ahead of time? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, hey, he's gone. Wait, we got to wait for Tony. We can't, <laughs> I can't tell you what's going on until we wait for Tony. But I still enjoyed it. I yeah. did think it was fun. It had that Marvel flair to it. And... uh the, the best part about it is that it has the best on-screen, God, it doesn't matter whether it's cartoon, live action, the best Peter Parker that I've Really, already, seen. just based on based that Based on that, it, it is exactly what I would, what I would envision. He, Peter Parker is my favorite superhero of all time. Spider-Man, in my opinion, is the most relatable yep. character ever who doesn't just want to, you know, live a normal life. Try and, you know, back in his old days, get the girl, find the job, you know, and then have all these things that are interrupting him. And that kid just nailed it for me. He's British. Did you know that? Yeah. And he's not even a kid. How old is he? Or is he? Yeah, he's 19. See, there, yeah, he is a kid. They purposely uh, went out to get somebody who looked like he was actually would have been in high school. He was perfect. Yeah. Everything from the quips, the way he delivered the lines. Uh, I, I loved him. Leave it to a British guy to get the Brooklyn accent. To get or, the, Brit- or the, <laughs> to get or the Queen's accent correct, you know? Yeah. Um, what are your top three uh, Marvel movies? Ooh, usually I'm the one who asks these questions. Now you're springing it on me. Um, wow. Uh, I would probably say right now, in no particular order of the top three, 
it would have to be the last two Captain America movies and the first Avengers movie. Okay. All right. Well, we have two in the same. My number three would definitely be Avengers, just because it was that moment where everything culminated. And it was Joss Whedon. It was Joss. It was great. It was fun. Uh, it was, you know, it was just a really good movie. When they announced Joss Whedon for that, I think like all the underground nerds was like, "Fuck yeah, one of us gets to do this." That that man can do no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he really, especially can. if he doesn't get messed with like in the second movie. Yeah, and you know, I still enjoyed the second movie, but yeah. there was the thing is, I think that Disney's being a little too harsh uh, on him because they wanted that thing to to beat it, and there was no way. That it was going to beat it because that was that moment where we'd been waiting. You know, you you had your Iron Man movies, you had your Cap, it was Thor, it was coming together. So there's no way to, I in my opinion, was ever going to beat one. Well, I think the problem with him, his movie, and he won't admit to it, but there's if you read some of the interviews about that movie coming out beforehand, mm-hmm. you know, everybody gets asked now um, when you're making these type of comic book movies, like, hey, is there going to be an Easter egg in it for like the next movie? Mm-hmm. And he was dil- he was very diligent in the first movie to make it a standalone movie yeah you know there's yes there's you know thanos shows up at the end but that's just the end credit scene it has nothing to do yeah, with the movie, movie itself. itself and the rumors coming out of age of ultron was that disney was forcing him to do more to tie the future movies into it the whole thor scene wasn't explained correctly like all this yeah, stuff there was, was a lot in of there. edits that they needed to be in there. That Thor scene had me confused as hell. It was longer. Uh, Loki was actually in that. Yeah, they cut him out. if they left it in there, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, I think for him, he like, and he had said, like, God, if I don't make a movie that's a standalone movie, then I didn't do a good job. And I think he was kind of prepping his fans. That's mm-hmm. my personal opinion anyway. Prepping his fans to let them know that, like, hey, um, this isn't all me. Like, I was forced to do some of the shit in here. Um, because some of the stuff didn't seem like it, it just knowing him, it just didn't seem right. Like, and, like if you watch Buffy, like, yeah, he was the showrunner. Mm-hmm. He let his other people do it, but he kind of oversaw a lot of the things yeah. and everything kind of made sense. Like in, in the whole nine seasons of Buffy, everything either tied back or tied to somewhere. Mm-hmm. He never really left you hanging on something that was like a major plot point. He dropped little hints here and there, but it wasn't like he dropped Easter eggs to, to, to tell the story. Yes. And, and I felt like, Ultron had a lot of that in there. Like, you saw, like, the Infinity Gauntlet in there. I'm like, that's kind of weird to drop that right in the middle of the movie, you know? Yeah, and but I think uh, in, in the executives or whoever made that decision's defense, I think that fans at that point wanted it. I think they were expecting to see what was leading in to the Infinity Wars. I, I always stand by, I don't care what you do to the characters, the main story or whatever, as long as the story makes sense within a self-contained story, do it. Don't do a part one or a part two. Finish your story here and make it a good story because that leads us to, you know, Batman v Superman. Did you see that? Uh, I finally did watch it. I wasn't really paying attention too much, but <laughs> I did, I did have it on in the shop here. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was, it was rather disappointing. I'd stop working and would look at a couple of things when people would tell me to. And yeah, it the parts I did see were not too fantastic. That's that's even worse. That's a that's probably the worst rating a movie could get, where you where you are not sucked in by the scenes that you watch. That you know what for me was the the best scene, and it was probably the most confusing for everyone else. And it was actually confusing for me too. I'll tell you why. The best scene for me was when Batman was on a world that had been taken over by Apocalypse or by Darkseid, and it had the fire pits raging up. You saw parademons. But 
Saw the Omega a, sign. Nobody knew what the hell that was. Yeah. Who wasn't a comic fan. And B, it didn't make any sense to me because it looked like they were trying to explain that somehow Flash had given him these visions because he shows up immediately afterwards traveling through time, but Flash doesn't give visions. Yeah. So the whole thing was just like shoehorned in there. Yeah, because I actually wanted to ask you about that because I was like, is there something I don't know about that Bruce Wayne has a power that I don't know about? No, none of them can do that. Okay, so... so uh, so yeah, no idea how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Because I thought I was like, because me, like I watched, you know, and when I watched Batman v Superman in the theater, I didn't, I didn't know that that was Flash because it didn't look like Flash. He had fucking armor on him, and he's covered in all this, like you know, in the boom the tube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later I got home, I was like, who the fuck was that person? And then somebody's like, oh, that was the Flash. I'm like, what? That was the Flash? And I'm into this stuff, right? Yeah. And I'm watching this on IMAX. Yeah, and you, you still I still couldn't figure out that that was the they Flash. They tried to bury so many Easter eggs, it was ridiculous. And that's that's the thing that me and BJ talk about, too, is like, I felt like Batman v Superman was one giant fucking Easter egg of a movie. Yeah, well, they, they I feel that they try, that movie was literally their way of trying to catch up with a decade of Marvel. Yeah. And be like, here's everything that Marvel's done over the last decade, all in one movie. Now we're doing Justice League. Yeah. Which is the stupidest way. Did you see the trailer for Justice League? I did. It looks like a Marvel movie. I hate it. And people like a lot of DC fanboys um, who defend the DC movies to like no end. And I'm talking DC movies now. Yeah. I'm not talking like, you know, Christopher Reeve DC. Um, I'm talking like from Man of Steel on, which is only two movies now. Yeah. And, uh, I just they're just not really good movies, and the trailer for me, like everybody's like, oh, they got they made it lighter, they made it more lighthearted. I'm like, that's not what makes a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, well, the, it doesn't make a good movie like just because you put happy music to it. Like the biggest problem I had with the trailer, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is why is Bruce Wayne going around recruiting Justice League people or for Justice League, right? Mm-hmm. Putting his team together. Why is Bruce Wayne doing it? Wouldn't he do it as Batman? It, that, that's a huge problem, yes. Okay, good. So you were in agreement that Bruce oh, no. Wade would never go out in broad daylight recruiting superhumans. He, no, there's no way. Nobody on the Justice League would know who Batman is until way down the road. Exactly. Like he's sitting there in Flash's like, headquarters or his secret lair, old Batman suit, and then he throws the Batarang. And I'm like, Bruce Wayne is not that comfortable with the secret identity. Bruce Wayne and and Peter Parker are the two characters in all comic books that defend their secret identity more than anybody and to have Bruce Wayne recruiting like people as Bruce Wayne is ridiculous to me and well i think the reason they did it is because of the like i said the it felt like a marvel trailer they they i could easily have seen tony stark that was that scene every tony stark those. tony stark recruiting spider-man yeah like it it's this it was the same type of a thing they, they they really because their movies have not done well they are like why is marvel making all this money and we're not and it seems like their answer was to lighten it up and make it funny but it's 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 the fundamental problem with the dc movies is they don't the dc movies now they don't understand who these people are no they don't have a clue jeff johns though although i, I i'm i'm very reluctant to believe him because he told me green lantern was good um, and I think that I, I, on one hand, I want to say that it's Warner Brothers way of saying, hey, here's Jeff Johns. We're going to make things right. But on the other hand, I don't know that Warner Brothers has enough respect for comic book creators to trust him to make a good movie. Well, he he probably won't do anything 
worthy of mm-hmm. of saying that's a Jeff Johns movie or he had his hand in it until until Ben Affleck's Batman. Because don't forget, Wonder no. Woman's basically done. Right? Yeah, that, that that's out of it. Of course, of course. And, and Batman v Superman was already written, and they were already starting filming it. Yes, they they probably changed a lot of things post post, but he didn't have a huge hand in in the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. His his fingerprint won't probably be felt until the 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 um, Ben Affleck Batman. I hope I, I hope it actually has a fingerprint as all. Well. Like I said, I don't. I think one of the things that I think of is has always been a problem for Warner Brothers. For I'm sorry, for DC movies, is you would think being owned by a movie company would make would give you a benefit, but I I truly believe that being owned by Warner Brothers has actually been a hindrance to them, because Warner Brothers thinks they know how to make movies. They're like, we make movies. You guys write comic books. Right. So we're not going to actually like trust the people who have written comics their entire lives and read comics their entire lives. They're going to let an executive or a producer be like, this is what makes a good movie. Right. And so I think that's been a huge hindrance, whereas Marvel had to go out on their own, and that's what allowed them to make the movies that we love so much. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a real huge thing, too. They trust the people. But but there's a lot of things also that, that come out of Marvel, too, that they're very, they overwatch a lot of what you're doing, too. Like, even somebody like Joss Whedon. Yeah, well, who makes now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he makes, an, he makes probably, at that point in time, other than the other than the Dark Knight, probably the best comic book movie of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers is so different than the Dark Knight. Like oh, for yeah, me, the, the Dark Day. But the Dark Knight is so freaking good. Um, and uh, they even like you know micromanaged Joss Whedon after he made the Avengers. So maybe it doesn't come out as much, and because the end products are so good. Yeah. Like even a shitty Marvel movie, like. Maybe like the second Thor or the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say those are shitty, but they're not in the same standard of like you know Winter Soldier or no, uh, or the first Iron Man. Like they're they're not on that same level. But even those movies like Ant Man, Thor two, mm-hmm. um, and the the like the second and third Iron Man, yeah, they're still better than anything the two movies that DC has put out so far. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the 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 Dark Knight trilogy. I love the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Had major problems with the third movie. Okay, what about you? You know, I I enjoyed them. I was I was not a, a huge fan. The third one, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed them all, but no, I'm I, I I know it's people always are like, what? I enjoyed them, but I they were not a holy grail for me. Okay, and I I, I actually like the 1980s Michael Keaton really better than I like those. Wow, what, and I think what? the reason is. I'm not judging it as a movie. I'm looking at it as a comic book. And for me, they were they, they tried far too much to ground it in reality. And I like the 1980s ones because it, it felt more like it came off the pages. I think I can agree with you to a certain degree, but don't you feel that if you're going to ground any character, any superhero, it would be Batman? Most definitely. And they are good movies. Yeah. Like you said, Dark Knight is a fantastic movie. Dark Knight is more of a crime drama than anything, which is it, like that's what made that movie so amazing to me. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, you know what? I don't even care that Batman's in this movie. This fucking thing is phenomenal. <laughs> like the like finding out what the Joker's going to do next. Like Heath Ledger was just amazing in that movie. He was, and it transcended comic books. That was the first time that I had ever watched a comic book movie mm-hmm. where I was like, holy shit, this is this is more than a comic book movie. This is more intense than a comic book movie. It's a and 
that's the same thing I got with when I watched The Winter Soldier. I was about to bring that up, actually. Like, it, that you was take like cap out of that thing, and it is still a fantastic. Exactly. Movie. It's as as much as like The Dark Knight was a crime drama. The Winter Soldier was a spy thriller, and I, I so like I remember leaving that movie. I was like, you know what? I forgot he had superpowers because it comes to the, the you know the big fight at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and um, but leading up to the whole thing, it's it's just about like a who done it, like who framed who. What's going on here, you know? And and that was just that was uh, that was amazing to me. The Russo brothers, I can't wait to see their, you know, their Infinity War movie. Although it's split into two parts, you said you wanted a self-contained movie earlier. They did. They they stopped that actually. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. So the first the first one that they're part two is becoming something different. They haven't told us what that's going to be yet. But when they released the the new like logo for Infinity War, it no longer says part one and part two. It just says Avengers: Infinity War. All right, that'll be interesting. Because when they when they actually sat down and started writing the story for it, mm-hmm. they said there's no reason to split the two movies. Like, there's okay. no reason to have two parts. This one will be a self-contained one, and yes, the next one will tie into it somehow, but it won't be a part one and part two. Because I fucking okay. hate those. Like, The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, where, yeah. like, I'll, I'll never forget how pissed off I was at the in the theater when I was, like, watching Neo. Like, I was like, there's only 30 seconds left in this. There's like, yeah, you're like, it's, like, it's got to be done. Uh, like, there's only 10 minutes left, and that's all, tri- you know, that's all like special effects, uh, you know, credits. I was like, how are they going to end this movie? And the movie ends. I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah, you got to wait. They're like, yeah, another year. And you got it was like six months, I think. Oh, like, they okay, they didn't put them too far apart. But still, it still sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, what else are you watching right now? Are you watching anything? Uh, or actually, you know what? What's your favorite movie so far this year? Um, the only movie I've seen this year is Civil War. Oh, really? I, I don't see many movies. Oh, no? I seriously don't know. I, I'll watch a few things on Netflix, but, um, I think the only movie I've gone to the theater to see is Civil War. We, we go, we go on the big ones for the podcast, so it's, it's a, it's a way to get out. Um, so far, uh, I don't want to spoil our end of the year episode, which we'll do, but so far I think, uh, I'm tied between two movies, um, for like the best movie I've seen so far. Um, Civil War is one of them, and the other movie is uh, a cartoon, is uh, Zootopia. Oh, okay, cool. Probably the best two movies I've seen so far in the theater this year. Nice. Okay. It was a Zootopia was a huge surprise for for me. Oh, was it? Do you not like the animated movies? No, it was just that it was a Disney cartoon, mm-hmm. and um, and it was it was actually a lot deeper than I thought it would be. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Not to spoil it too much for for you, but. Um, it's more than a cartoon. It, it's it it has so many social issues going on in that movie that are happening now. Wait, okay. And uh, it, uh, I took my daughter to go see it, and uh, she, even at the age of four, she got the message, like that you can be anything that you want. Okay, nice. And she says that, like she actually repeats it from the movie, and she understands what that is. Mm-hmm. And when a movie can transcend and make an adult like think like what's going on in, in, in society right now. Yeah. And then your four year old also gets it too. It's, it's a pretty good movie. I think it's actually nice. on Netflix though. Okay, cool. It just so came out on Netflix. Yeah. It might be a little weird for your comic book, uh, customers coming in and seeing Zootopia, but if they've actually seen the movie, they will make fun of it. Nice. nice. So definitely recommend it. If, if you get a chance to watch that movie. Okay, sweet. No, it's one, it's on the list. It most definitely is on the list. Um, so what are you, what are you binge watching right now? Um, what are we watching? You know, we just God, we've watched a little bit of the Supergirl. I started Mad Men, and uh, that's about all I'm watching. 
haven't got back into that yet. What's that? Um, well, I always like watching shows that end so I can binge watch it. Like I did the same thing to Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like I binge watched the entire season, leading the whole series leading up to the season series finale. Um, I knew Mad Men was one that I wanted to go back to because I heard good things about it. Yeah. I still haven't gone back to it. I started watching a lot of cartoons. Okay, like nice. Futurama. Nice. I went back and watched all the seasons of Futurama. Um, I watched all the Justice League ones. Um, Justice League. And do you, did you watch those cartoons? Oh, yeah. Back in the day, those were a lot of fun. Uh, I love those. I wish uh, Batman Animated Series was on. Um, Young Justice, I rewatched again. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that comes back because they left it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm watching the Batman right now. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. I have not seen that one. It takes a little bit to get used to. Um, the first season I had a hard time getting through because I was so used to Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill being the Joker and Batman. Did you watch The Killing Joke? No, I haven't. No. It's weird. I don't want to spoil I, I, it. No, I've heard all about it. I have no intention of watching it. Oh, okay. Because of the comic book? Uh, you know, I just don't know that it needed to be adapted, and so I just wasn't going to go see it to begin with. Okay. So, how did you uh, how did you get into comics? Uh, I've been reading comics ever since I was a little kid, so it's just been part of my life. Whether I would find them at Seven Eleven or Safeway, and what piqued your interest? Just the, the the cover? It was you know it was the when I when I first grabbed it, it was uh you know obviously the cover will attract you, but it, you know just the mixture of the art and the storytelling and. Do you remember your and, first comic book? No, I don't remember my very first comic <laughs> book because I've been I've had them since they were like really little. It was one of those things where, you know, my parents would as we were going through, you know, Safeway or whatever, just pop one in my hand. But I, I do remember that that Marvel was like I said earlier was always the one that I would. And it was the X Men of Marvel, or no? I mean, Spider Man was actually I was more of a fan of Spider Man, and then I they then I got into X Men, and the group dynamic really snagged me. But but Peter Parker is still the the absolute best. Favorite graphic novel? Uh favorite graphic novel? That God. I mean the, the outside God. Graphic novel. You know, see, you stumped me because there's a Killing Joke is obviously at the top. Um, God loves man kills for the X Men is one of those ones that's up there that just really stands out, especially the topics that they were talking about. Um, if I was to recommend a, like a trade paperback, a collection of things for people, my favorite that's going on right now is East of West, mm-hmm. which is a Jonathan Hickman uh, and Nick Dragota book that it, it's science fiction at its absolute best in comic book format. What did you think of uh, Joss Whedon's take on the X-Men when he did his show run or his comic book run? Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun because at that time, it was the first time that we were going back to a classic X-Men feel. Like he he brought back the people you love, the Colossus, the Kitty Pride, rekindled that relationship, and and it really felt for the first time in about fifteen twenty years like a good old classic Chris Claremont story. Mm-hmm. So I mean the X Men obviously in between those times had they'd gone on so many ridiculous adventures and they'd peaked far beyond anything that Chris could have ever done, um, uh, but it, it it felt like it it was home again. Did you like the Did you like the Deadpool movie? I loved it, and I'm not even that big of a Deadpool fan. Yeah, I love him in small doses in comic book format, but Ryan Reynolds was born to play that that role. Yeah, he, God, he it, just it's like I didn't get tired of him throughout yeah. the whole thing. It's like Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. Yes, yeah. it's like he was just made to play Deadpool, and it was great though too because the Deadpool movie it 
it needed to take the decade that it did for him to get that role. Yeah. Because if we'd gotten it earlier, it would have sucked. Yeah. And it took all that time and all that persistence on his part. But when he finally got it, it was the right time, right place. Yeah. And it, I mean, I was laughing my ass off the yeah, entire me too. thing. Did you, uh, uh, you saw, you didn't see the, his first iteration of Deadpool or what they did to Deadpool, right? I, I, somebody did pull it up on the internet to show me a, a quick clip yeah. of what it, he ended up looking like. But is, doesn't the story go that Ryan Reynolds actually was part of the movie and then walked? And that, that I didn't hear. him at the end? That I didn't hear. I, I could be wrong because he was in the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was. So, so the way I gathered it, and I'll have to look it up so will all you, he was part of the movie. And he was in the movie, and then when they turned him into Deadpool, when he found out what they were doing, he actually walked, and that's why somebody else played Deadpool at the end. Huh. It didn't matter. The, it was so bad. It, yeah, like, but I, how great is it that he actually was, like, to a major movie studio? If that's I'm true, done. yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's true, I want to look it up. I'll have to go look it up. But that's the story I've heard. Um, I I love – the reason I love that movie – and. And here's here's why I think Warner Brothers doesn't fucking get it, right? Like this is how this is point blank of how Warner Brothers doesn't get it. Deadpool comes out and all of a sudden Batman v Superman it was supposed to be rated R. Yeah. And I was like, That's you a think bandwagon right there. You think Deadpool was good because it was rated R? You idiots. It was because they stayed true to the character. Yeah. Like there was no way you can make a PG-13 Deadpool. No, not and do it like that. No, not no. to do it right. No, and it basically was Deadpool brought to life right in front of your eyes. Like if you if you read a Deadpool comic book, mm-hmm. that's how he is in the comic books. Like they didn't pull any punches. You know, they let him curse, they let him say fucked up shit. Like what's funny is like if you watch any Ryan Reynolds movie, he's Deadpool. Like if you watch any like even as Green Lantern, he's Deadpool. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like he just has this like way of acting about him. He just found the perfect comic book character to match his style of acting. Like, yeah. he's that smart-ass. Like, in real life, he's very sarcastic. If you follow his Twitter, he's very sarcastic. He's very funny. And that's Deadpool. And it's just him. It's just freaking awesome. And and DC, should, there should never be an R-rated Superman movie. <laughs> no. It's just it's the most ridiculous concept. No. And, and obviously, none of us believe you, yeah. DC, <laughs> that you were going to make this movie R. But, yeah, yeah no, Superman should never be in an R. That's opinion. that's that's why they in the beginning don't like each other. They're the yin and the yang. But when both people are when both superheroes are killing people left and right, it's like, well, fuck. Why do they hate each other? Well, and see, there's the thing too with the world's finest. They like you said, they should be the opposites. Batman should be the dark and broody. Superman should be the optimistic one. When they're both the and they literally are in the movies the exact same character because they both went on journeys they both lost their dad they're both finding their place in the new in this new world when they're both that character what is to stop them from saying why don't we do this why don't we impose you know right. in, impose law because there would be nothing to stop that would them. be the injustice. Series. Yes, yeah, and it and it literally we're watching it play out on the DC screen. <laughs> Except in the Injustice version, Batman becomes Superman. In this version, I mean, Superman kills somebody in the first like thirty minutes of that movie. Yeah, when he like true. when he saves Lois, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yep. He... I th- and I remember watching in the theater, thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, I thought you made Superman stop killing people, and you just the first time you see Superman. He's fucking dead. And I'm like, don't tell me that guy's not dead. I mean, you basically drove a 16 or like an 18-wheeler 
through a wall and like hit this guy. Like, there's no way he's not dead. So, but anyway, um, all right. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the uh, end this podcast with what we like to call the big finish. Every right, interview right. that we do, we call it the big finish. All time favorite character can be any genre. All time favorite character, then then it is most definitely Peter Parker. Okay. Well, we'll just reiterate that again for the third time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what kind of birthday gift would you get Peter Parker? Oh my god, that that is the strangest question. Uh, what kind of birthday gift would yeah. I get Peter Parker? I'd probably get Peter Parker. Uh, depends on what era. Let's let's just go with the kid, the the young kid uh, who's trying to to make his way. Um, God, I'm horrible at birthday gifts to begin with. Uh, God, so, if I knew who he was, I guess I'd get him some web shooter cartridges. I have no idea you've stumped me. <laughs> that might be a first. We've, we've, uh, we've interviewed a few people, quite a few people, and we always have these questions. They're the same questions that go okay, to everybody. Yeah. Um, all right, I think we kind of already went through this, but um, as far as TV shows right now, um, actually the, the fall season just kind of started. So mm-hmm. what do you look – I'll alter this a little bit. What are you, what are you look most looking forward to right now, and uh, for the TV shows coming out for right television? Now? I'm looking forward most most right now uh, to Cage, which comes out next Friday. Oh, okay, most definitely. He was he caught me off guard. I loved him on uh, on Jessica, and I, I thought he nailed it. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do with him. What kind of eggs do you think Luke Cage likes? A hard boiled. <laughs> Top three movies of all time. All right, so let's see. Uh, top three movies of all time. This is probably going to be a little strange. Me and my wife are actually just talking about my top three go-to. Like when I go to home to watch something and I just need to veg or if I'm working on back issues, uh, and I don't even remember how it came up, the three movies that I go to the most are the ori- Conan the Barbarian. Okay. The original. Yeah. Logan's Run. The okay. original. Cause didn't they re- oh, no, they're talking about remaking yeah. it. God, please don't. And uh, uh, Kill Bill. Those are very unique movies. They're, they're kind of all over the place. They, they are. They are a little all over the place. I don't think that uh, the, the original Conan gets enough respect, considering who was involved in it. Everyone just thinks, "Oh, it's Arnold." No, it was an Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, um, Basil's soundtrack is just fantastic. Yeah, I can spot that soundtrack uh, anyway. Yeah, it's so unique. So, so it really is a solid movie. And Logan's Run, I remember watching even as a little kid on television. And the concept of these people who could only live to 30 and they had to kill themselves. And, and why wouldn't you run was what I always thought. Right. So, so that, that, that stands out for me. And then Kill Bill, I just love the, the first mixing one? of genres. You know, I can't think of them without thinking of them together. Really? Because they, the first one is by far the one that is a go-to because there's so much happening. I love the first one. Well, the first one's amazing, but I, I wish that they had mixed a little bit of both together I because think the I, second yeah. one is so it's straight so different it's so different but there's a lot of really good scenes in there yeah. and of course with tarantino the dialogue is fantastic he knows how to pick his music but if i had to pick between the two one is the one i put on more but i eventually then get around to watching two. i i i remember watching kill bill the first one in the theater and i was like this is one of the best things i've ever seen like mixing anime mixing all these different things in this movie and a very original story, right? Like, very original to me anyway. Um, and, yeah, he was like, you know, I, I think the story goes, he was watching a lot of, like, kung fu movies at the time, and he wanted to write his own story about this. And um, and I was like, this is going to be weird. There's going to be anime right in the middle of this movie. 
and, and I'm well. watching it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is gorgeous. Yeah, you don't lose it, you don't lose the flow, and the the fact that he was able to combine such different genres, um, you know, because you got a samurai flick mixed with a cowboy flick, uh, an anime, a kung fu movie. And none of it felt out of place. No, it just blended so well. And I think that's why I was so disappointed in part two or volume two mm-hmm. was that the first Kill Bill was so – there's nothing like it. Even now, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's it's so unique. I don't even know what you would call that movie. Like maybe action, maybe drama, I, I, yeah. thriller, so something. There's so much going on. And, but the second movie is just straight. It's just a straight like, – like when you watch a Tarantino movie, you know you're going to get – Things out of place. Timelines are going to be shifted. And Kill Bill, he just took that, like, to me, that's still his, for me anyway, is still his best movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it was like his, like, it was like his Mona Lisa to me. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what they do in volume two, right? And then when it turned out to be just a straight movie with no anime, none of these, like, cut scenes, I was like, oh, man. I mean, it's still good, yeah. but the first movie set it so high. It was so different. Like, maybe that's what he was trying to get at, that he wanted to create this realm and then, like, go straight and edge and the finish story. the – right. Yeah, because you're right, because that first one's very much all over the place. It's telling the history. It's da-da-da-da, just all over. And then the second one is just that – the story of her getting to death. Right. Um, you know, and it – I mean, that song and that scene where she's digging herself out of the graveyard. Yes. You know, is – that is – that song is so intense. And I, every, yeah. I, I love it. I love the, the scene with um, – because – because I mean, Uma Thurman sells that scene too, like yeah. hardcore. Like you think she's actually going to die. Like she, she, the way that she acted in that scene, like it, it's it's amazing. Like that scene where it's like almost to me that scene is like the the opening sequence of Jaws when that girl is screaming her fucking yeah. ass off. Yeah. You believe she's getting killed by a shark. Like you just think think that. And when she's buried in that in that coffin, you, you think Uma Thurman's going to die. Like, yeah, and his, well, and of course his filming. Is just second to none. I mean, right. just you can feel when you're watching that the, the echo of her voice, the, the the light bouncing off the walls. You feel enclosed. Yeah, you feel so, like yeah, so you feel like this is this just sucks. <laughs> yeah. So another thing we like to do yeah. besides the big finish in an interview is like we like to uh, come up with with gifts. Okay. <laughs> um, we like to give all of our interview uh, our, our our the people that we interview gifts and. You're unique in the sense of the same thing with Steve Sansweet, where you were not easy to fucking find something for. And, and like Peter Parker, evidently. <laughs> you were not, like Steve Sansweet, the number one Star Wars collector in the world. Oh, yeah. What do you get the guy who has absolutely everything? Right, My right. God. So he was difficult to find. We ended up making our own action figure, and uh, and we made it awesome. not of him. <laughs> we didn't make it of him. We made it of his assistant. Okay. And it ended up being the first ever made. Like, everybody makes a Steve Sansweet. Yeah. Nobody ever made her. Sweet. So like that was we were proud to be like the first one to do that. For you, being in a comic book store, it's like, well, what the hell could we get him that he probably doesn't already have or didn't already sell? Yeah. So for us, we came up with a limited edition. Get it out of here. <laughs> is it one of one? It is one of is one. Is it one of one? Okay. It's one of one. It is a. I gotta put the microphone down. All right, he's digging in his bag. We're waiting to see what this is. One of one, limited edition. It's a frame of some kind. It's a one-on-one chew on this uh, comic book. All right, all right. Let's see what this looks like. And we even got it rated for you. 
<laughs> it is a chew on this. You'll have to, we'll have to take a picture and post it. Uh, chew on this uh, comic book with the Super Friends. Yes. Uh, this and it's got the. It, 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 I'm sure it's approved by DC. Yes. It's also. It's also got. We also got it rated for you. And it's com- CGC'd uh, with a rainbow throwing, or I'm sorry, a unicorn uh, pooping stars and <laughs> throwing up rainbows. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> this will. I, can I sell it on eBay now that it's been CGC'd? You, it, well, if this podcast blows up, then, well, then I'll hold, hold on, on to it. I got to yeah. wait. It's like those comics when the movies come out. You got to wait for that sweet spot. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, thanks for having us. It, it, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad we got to talk. Um, I wish BJ was here, but that's that's on me. That, you know what? That that's all right. Uh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say at the beginning and end of this. <laughs> thanks again, Ben. It was great. Thank you, sir. <laughs>